1: Chris Carter here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The Steelers play the Browns, albeit with a new rookie quarterback who Pittsburgh should be a little familiar with considering he just played Pitt in the Sun Bowl with UCLA and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. We'll break down everything you need to know about this matchup and get you ready for the weekend. Here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. I'm going to have to hold this mic. Uh As always, we are brought to you by by Mike's Beer Bar here on the North Shore Drive podcast, where I'm at right now here uh, for your Friday episode, breaking down all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers in this upcoming matchup. Remember, at Mike's Beer Bar it's the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, be sure to check out any game you want on all the 20 different TVs that they have available, as well as over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those local beers being available on tap. They also have amazing food options. We'll talk more about that later. Brian. The whole sports world, well, I guess in Midwestern PA or like, you know, Western PA and Eastern Ohio kind of took a big shock with the news of Deshaun Watson being out for the season. It caught everyone off guard. We talked a little bit about that with Ray for the part on the Wednesday episode. But what we did not talk about because we didn't know at the time was that Dorian Thompson Robinson would be the guy that the Browns would go with to start this game. And. That kind of is an interesting tone here now. For those who don't know, Dorian Thompson Robinson, fifth round drafted rookie quarterback from the Browns, he was he was just drafted out of UCLA. Where, if you remember, if you're a Pitt fan, he was the quarterback for the Bruins when they lost to the Pitt Panthers in the Sun Bowl back in Jan- back in December, excuse me. And uh, that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting event there. there As lots of you know, he started off really strong, through two touchdowns, but then also through three interceptions before he was knocked out of that game there. And he didn't look good in his earlier start for for the Browns this year and that led to them putting in PJ Walker. But Brian, is there a sense here that the Steelers need to be very wary about what the Browns could do with Dorian Thompson-Robinson even with all the, with the, with all the talent they still have around the roster?
0: I mean, sure, but and and I think Kevin Stefanski is an underrated coach. I think he gets clowned a lot around here. People make fun of it that he beat the Steelers in that playoff game because he wasn't on the sideline. He was at home uh in COVID protocol and his uh, special teams coordinator, Mike Pryfer, was the acting head coach that day and, I, and all of that. But I, I think the guy knows what he's doing. I think he has the right demeanor, you know, in-game decision-making and game plans and whether to run or pass. Like, you know, if, if you've been a competitor at any level, sometimes you try stuff and it doesn't work. Like, you right. know, it doesn't doesn't make you an idiot or somebody who's incompetent and incapable of doing the job. So in that sense, yes, you you still need to be wary of, how are the Browns going to attack you? What mismatches are they going to identify? Because it's not like the Steelers are a picture of perfect health either at the moment. You know, their inside linebacker core is probably one that, that opposing offensive play callers are going to try to exploit early and often the rest of this season. But Dorian Thompson Robinson, Chris, I mean, you kind of just uh, you know laid it out there. Good college quarterback, was dynamic in the Pac-12, soon to be the Pac-2. And you know has some nice traits to work with. I know he he kind of was one of those guys that this year who got like the hipster draft buzz. It was like all right, if you don't if you don't have a chance to get Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis, then who else is good? And you know some analysts were like Dorian Thompson Robinson's number five in this class. But I just one I don't know that he'll ever have what it takes in the NFL at at his size. And two, um, I, I certainly don't think he's ready for this kind of matchup and atmosphere and defense against the Steelers.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot to ask here because Deshaun Watson played the Steelers earlier this season. He threw a pick six and gave up uh, multiple turn, three turnovers. I think in the game, two of them uh, went for touchdowns for the Steelers. Defense Lost his
0: mind, started face masking everybody. I mean, Yeah. yeah, it was not a great night for him in week two.
1: And, and sure, and surely, you know he got better. Like, and that's the that's the crazy thing is that Deshaun Watson just went off against the Ravens in the second half, went fourteen of fourteen, led them on a comeback. I think they were they were down twenty four nine at one point, and somehow they still found a way to win that game. He had to break just, his shoulder, and then all of a sudden just, he was very effective. <laughs> and he was just so good. Uh, but it's it's so it's it's kind of a rough time for the Browns to ha- to go through that. And now you see that this team is going to rally around the st- around around Dorian Thompson Robinson. And you could look at the Browns roster and say, hey. They can still run the ball. Jerome Ford's been getting yards. Uh, the offensive line's still good. They still have Kareem Hunt looks defense. a little bit
0: vintage Kareem Hunt, I guess.
1: Yeah, like, like uh, you know he's he's like, he's more of the power version of Kareem Hunt, but still effective when you give him the ball in in those in those short distance situations. And you could see a way for the Browns to say, "Hey, we can concoct a plan where we're competitive." Even with this rookie quarterback, so long as he doesn't just turn the ball over a lot. And that's where I think it's going to be up to the Steelers. Can they neutralize these other factors from the Browns roster enough? to make it so that the rookie quarterback has to be able to make some tough plays and some tough situations and give the Steelers an advantage where T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, even the emerging Keanu Benton, Joey Porter Jr., maybe make a Fitzpatrick returns for this game, that they can be the guys that once again set the tone for this game uh, in, in a big game. Because here's the other thing, part of this, Brian, is that as we're recording this, it's, thir- it's Thursday, we don't know the result of the Ravens Bengals game. But whatever direction that goes, the Steelers win, they can either be in first place or second place in the AFC North and right in lockstep to to be put themselves in great position to the playoffs cuz they'd be 7-3, they'd be 3-0 in the division. Um they'd have they and and they they have you know two games the Bengals coming up and the Ravens they'll have swept the Browns who would be their closest uh group in competition to knocking them out of the second spot in the division. This, I think, is a huge opportunity for the Steelers. And I know there's a lot of Steelers fans out there saying like, man, how many times have I felt that about going into a game against a backup quarterback and it not working out in their favor? What are the things that you've covered the Steelers for a while? What are the things that you've seen in some of the contests when the Steelers have fallen short to like a Ryan Finley or a Ryan Mallett, uh, you know, when they when they faced such a player?
0: yeah I mean I think that's that's a comparison to make and Joe Starkey uh, I believe is is writing about that for us or it might it's, it's probably online by the time people watch this you're you're right, Chris we're recording this Thursday so we don't know what happened in the other AFC North Clash mm-hmm. last night. We don't know if the Browns signed Matt Ryan. We don't know the Steelers injury <laughs> report uh, from Thursday or the Brown's injury report because right. here's what I'm getting at. They are—they're uh, dealing with more than just the Deshaun Watson injury. They're dealing right. with, uh, you know, no Jack Conklin, obviously their right tackle out for the year, but also left tackle Jed Wills is on injured reserve too. Jaron mm-hmm. Christian started last game for them at left tackle, if I'm not mistaken. And fun fact about him—he's appeared in one other NFL game this season. That was Week Four for the oh, no. Houston Texans oh, no. against the Steelers when oh, they no. were. Uh going through a similar situation, you know. Yes, they had their QB in CJ Stroud. He's not a he's not a backup. He's he's not Ryan Finley or Ryan Mallet or Anthony Brown. But uh, you know, he was um he, he was a rookie and Mike Tomlin until that game had not lost to a rookie quarterback in nine time in nine tries. I think it was 2015, was the last time, but he's playing behind you know a bunch of journeymen or rookie inexperienced linemen, Austin Deculus, who I think was their left tackle in that game has already since been cut by the Texans. so that yep. kind of just shows you the state of what things were uh, back in late September in Houston. and the Steelers still couldn't get to Stroud much and we know the, the result of that game. they got uh, they got lamb basted. It was quick game stuff. It was uh, establishing the ground game for Houston that day. Uh, perimeter runs. And a really accurate quarterback. That's where I think the 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 gap is going to exist between uh, Stroud and and Thompson Robinson. And um, you know, I I don't blame the Browns for going with him because I think uh, I think in a one game scenario, maybe you feel like PJ Walker's a better backup to step in because he's been there and done that. But now that you know Watson's out for the season, you you probably have to try to generate some momentum and build around DTR as they call him, and Mm -hmm. figure out the best way to to utilize him in the offense. So, um, you know, I think back to that Cincy game in, in 2020 with Ryan Finley and, you know, the offense didn't play particularly well that night either. So that doesn't help. You know, if you don't get complimentary football that can stress your defense. Um, but that yeah, I mean, totally
1: happen again. You know, it's not like the Steelers yeah. offense does that every week or anything. Yeah. What are, what
0: are the odds? They won't be able to move the ball against miles Garrett and, uh, you know, Greg Denzel. Newsome, Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson, but yeah, so that's, That's kind of the recipe, I think, for the Browns. You know, whether you – the the Steelers have started the game with the ball, I don't know how many times in a row now, but I think it was L.A. and Jacksonville, they opted to receive, and then this past week they lost the toss, and, of course, um, whatever team they just played deferred, uh, but – Packers. Yes, Green Green Bay. That just shows you how forgettable the twenty twenty three Green Bay Packers <laughs> are. Like they were, they were truly nameless gray faces. But uh, either way, you know they opted to defer, of course. And Steelers with the opening draft. Oh, they they obviously had the ball first too against uh, Tennessee, right? Because they came out, went right down the field uh, with Matt Gannett on the sideline. So regardless of uh, if if the Browns start with it or if the Steelers start with it, uh, I assume Cleveland's going to try to uh, gash the Steelers in the run game, but. You know, with Elandon Roberts and either Mark Robinson or Michael Walker next to him, uh, that's that's an area where the Steelers should be able to bow up and uh, and not let Cleveland impose its will. And uh, defensively, yeah, just make, make life hell for Kenny Pickett and company as they uh, tend to do to a lot of quarterbacks right now.
1: It certainly could be could be the factor into this game is just making life really hard for DTR. Can they get after him, make, make him uncomfortable, make him make mistakes and kind of make this all about the Browns offense having to work with their rookie quarterback instead of the Steelers working with their second year quarterback? We'll get more into Kenny Pickett in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast as we get to some of your questions here on the show. Uh, but as always, we also going to remind you that. You know, when we do this show on Mike's Beer Bar, we have our Friday flights where we talk about over 500 different available beers. We mean it because they have all the different beers and they're changing them out weekly. This week's Friday flights include multiple beers. If you're trying to watch the Steelers game, you can't make it to Cleveland, come to Mike's Beer Bar. You can try out some of these beers like Voodoo's Oh Mama, which is very, very much a reference to the Renegade song that pumps up Steelers fans during the game. You can drink an o- a, a Voodoo v- a brewery, Oh Mama. It's an American lager, 6% available right here at Mike's Beer Bar, along with other beers like the 11th Hour's Triple applejack ipa which is a 10 percenter or you can switch it up go with an apple pie sour from union brothers or two phrase jen's porter all of those in the five percent beer range but that's the thing you can go from ipas to american Longers to sour beers to porters whatever you want is available here at mike's beer bar the best bar in all of pittsburgh and they have over 20 televisions so if you want to watch this game while you're keeping an eye on a different game this is the perfect place to do that so do that here try all the different available beers and Try out all the amazing food they have here, as well as when we talk about the steak on a stone meal, it's perfect. You order your choice cut of steak, it comes on a heated stone right in front of you, and as you're eating it, you're just cutting off piece by piece, pressing each piece into the stone that heats up the piece to whatever whatever wellness you want done your steak, and then you can enjoy it however you like with every single bite. Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Come here on the north on on the north shore. It's right across the street from PNC Park on Federal Street. And when you get here to Mike's Beer Bar, tell him Chris sent you We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko, one of our great Steelers beat writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We are now bringing you the AccraSure Fan Advantage Question of the Week. Remember, the Fan Advantage is bringing you closer to the team all season long, featuring exclusive answers to your burning questions from Steelers insider Brian Batko, as well as in-depth conversations with the opponent expert each week. We'll have that coming out this Saturday. It's going to be a fun talk there. But let's get into this, this question here, Brian, because you got, you got a question – um, that was, uh, that, that, that kind of brought up some interesting points. And the thing that everyone's kind of talking about right now, Kyle from Pottsville asking if Kenny Pickett does not improve, do you see the Steelers signing a free agent in the off season or possibly drafting someone to compete with him? It's an interesting question that a lot of people are starting to ask with every game that Kenny Pickett does not blow up and have his big moment.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, I also in my mailbag on, on the post, cause that website, the written mailbag got a question about, is it true that the Steelers might consider making a run at Kyler Murray this offseason? And, Woo! you know, I don't think so. That, that would, that would surprise me on, on a lot of fronts, but uh, it, it kind of just shows that uh, that the Steelers fan base is, is discontent with the QB play. And Joe Starkey had a good uh, lead into his mailbag this week that, and, and we're in, remember this is all hypothetical world that we're living in right now, but sometimes it's fun to do that. Um, you know, his question was, who would be the Steelers' starting quarterback right now if it wasn't Kenny Pickett? If they had not drafted him last year, who would it be? Um, so that was interesting to read and, and think about too. I, I guess you could put Kyler Murray in that uh, in that ring, but you know that that's just a lot of uh, butterfly effect uh, effect type stuff. Let's spin it forward a little bit to that question from Kyle, which I did not have time to get to in my chat on Monday. Thank you, Kyle. I don't think so. Um, I think. The the drafting of Kenny, the re-signing this offseason of of Mitch Trubisky was kind of a two-year plan. Yeah. Um or well, not the drafting of Kenny, but uh this offseason re signing Mitch Trubisky to a two-year extension. Um, and obviously keeping Kenny as the starter, I think was a two-year plan in the sense that Let's just be honest. I I don't think Matt Canada is coming back next year as the offensive yeah, coordinator. We've we I mean, said,
1: we said that for a while now. Yeah.
0: yeah well, you know, better results lately aside, it's still not great. So uh, I'm not going to get too excited about 23 points against the Packers at home. Not going to get too excited about opening game drives now that he's gone from the booth to the sideline. Like, I still think you're going to have to see if a different play caller and, play designer can elevate your first round quarterback to a different stratosphere next season so that to me is why you know you you give Kenny pickett year three almost no matter what um could there be a scenario in which it just you know completely implodes i mean sure it, I can't predict the future I, I don't think that's gonna happen but uh, almost no matter what I think Kenny's the starter again in 2024 again, probably with a, a different mind calling the shots offensively. And you do run the risk at that point of like, hey, there's, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be adjustment to a new offense or new language, new verbiage, whatever. But I kind of think that's not really an issue for for Kenny Pickett at, at this stage of his career. He should be able to make a somewhat seamless transition to somebody new. Um, and, you know, you'll, you'll still have that evidence uh, to, to kind of, make your decision for the future. So I don't think they would sign anybody new. I think they're comfortable with Trubisky in the backup role and vice versa. The idea of drafting someone's a little more intriguing because if Mason Rudolph's not back again as QB3, you need somebody in that capacity. Right, right. And, you know, do you use a late round pick on a guy? And if you do, do you want somebody with upside or do you want somebody who's, you know, like a fourth or fifth year... College quarterback, who you feel like, hey, he could he could essentially be Mason Rudolph for this room. Um, you know, we'll we'll dive into stuff like that more closer to draft time, but uh, it is uh, it's it's worth noting and and thinking about right now. And uh, to be to be frank, any rookie QB who gets brought in here, there are going to be questions and people wondering, is he going to have a chance to eventually unseat? Trubisky and possibly even Pickett if he plays well. That's just a that's just a natural uh thing that that goes with it, especially at that position.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much to Calvin Posville for your question on on that situation, Brian back with the answer. i I'm, I'm in lockstep with you. I don't think they give up on Kenny Pickett after this year. I think they do try to revamp not just Matt Canada, but a lot of the offensive staff next year to try and see what they have. And if things aren't clicking by the end of next season, then I think that they explore that, explore more of the road of what they need to do. And remember
0: the- after next season, they would have to make the decision on exactly. his year option as a first round
1: pick. So exactly. And that's where I think that they're willing to take the time. Plus it's like, the other thing is, I fully expect this offseason they're going to invest more into the offense they're probably going to I, I can see them drafting a high pick on another offensive lineman maybe maybe using some free agency money there or getting yep. another wide receiver there could be a lot of moves that change what this offense even looks like and that's what I fully expect to kind of happen along with the switching up of some of the offensive staff so this could be a whole new look offense next year and that's when you might want to say okay let's see what Kenny Pickett has now he has two years of NFL experience and more weapons and protection around
0: him. and obviously scouting uh, is an inexact science as they. they. They always say, but you, you look at it like a science experiment to some degree, you're removing variables at this point and eventually you're, you're drilling down to the, uh, the quarterback variable and, and what is that, uh, how is that performing based on all the uh, things that are changing around him? So that's just yet another reason why, uh, I'd I'd be, I'd be stunned if they make any sort of big move at quarterback this offseason to replace Kenny Pickett, or even as Kyle mentioned, provide legitimate competition for him.
1: Absolutely. We're on the same page here. That's the Akershire Fan Advantage. We're all season long. Brian is answering your burning questions. You can submit those questions to Akershire.com slash Fan Advantage for more information. Stay tuned for this weekend when we preview the Steelers-Browns game with a Browns expert that gives you an update on how they're handling the backup quarterback situation. But enough talk about that. We're about to get into our preview and picks of this game here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post. Because at first, I want to remind you this show, while we are while hosted in Mike's Beer Bar this weekend, we're also brought to you by Savinas Kane and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma, asbestos and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co. We're buying tickets to your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, and comedy events, and theater events near you. If you ever had to buy tickets at the last minute, you, you, you will sometimes wonder, hmm, what is what, what does it look like from those seats? Am I actually getting what I'm really paying for here? That's where Game Time as an app you can download right to your phone comes in because it'll show you the view from the seats. It'll show you what that looks like. And you're not getting hit with any hidden fees. The prices that you see on the Game Time app are exactly what you'll pay. It's two taps of a button, those tickets are yours, even if you're running late to up to an hour. After your event has started, get on Game Time for all the best prices and they give you the best prices. They guarantee it because if you find the same event, you find the, the tickets in the same section and row uh, at, at the same event for less somewhere else. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference of those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use code PITTPIT PIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GAMETime.co. Turn to get supply, create an account and redeem code PITTPIT PIT for $20 off. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko, talking Steelers Browns here. Brian, the Browns are one and a half point favorites here in this in this matchup. The line will probably be moving all throughout the weekend as we get more and more information, and Vegas starts to adjust to Dorian Thompson Robinson. But typically, you know, the, the saying is always that Vegas gives the, the home team three points here. So maybe Vegas has already kind of moved the line to say that hey, the Steelers. Kind of might might be the better team in, in this situation but when you look at this what is the biggest factor the Steelers have to get down in this game if they want to win
0: well I, I do think it's the offense because you know you're 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 probably going to be able to at least keep the Browns offense in check I would hope I mean they might be able to hit some big plays here and there or sustain some drives if the running game gets rolling but I mean this the Steelers you know they don't even let uh, very good offenses convert in the red zone touchdowns very often they're they're a bend but don't break unit for sure they're one of the best at it holding so many teams to field goals I I think you're going to see a lot of that from Cleveland Um, but you know you can't let this be a game where you're going three and out three and out three and out and even a a a defense that that should really have the advantage here um, you know not just health wise but against a rookie quarterback who's made one start That could put them in a situation where they aren't at their best, where they can, uh, you know, be prone to lapses a a little bit more than they normally would be. So I I typically go for the uh, make some splash plays or or don't turn it over mantra. But I I think today, like you just need the not, you know, Sunday, I think you just need the offense to possess the ball a decent amount and don't go out there and give this Browns team confidence to get rolling with Dorian Thompson Robinson. You know, I think all the confidence in the world uh, won't necessarily make him somebody who uh, makes you forget about the Sean Watson anytime soon, but um, it's, it's going to be a raucous environment. It's going to be a really good crowd. I think for them supporting the Browns, you know, the, the funny or awkward thing about it is uh, probably a decent amount of Browns fans, Chris, who uh, feel even more, uh, enthused about rooting for their team now that Deshaun Watson will not be taking snaps for them. Uh, that, that was a, a controversial issue for a lot of them when they signed him. So uh, there might be an actual renewed vigor and passion in the fan base to that degree. But, uh, yeah, just don't uh, don't play into their hands and, you know, give them ammunition with uh, – certainly not with any turnovers. We know the Steelers team, uh, the, the biggest ingredient is uh, – 12 cups of turn of, tur- of turnover free football. So uh you gotta have more of that. And you know, if I do look at anything from the defensive side of the ball, I just say, yeah, don't uh don't let them run it down your throat because you know, then then you just get you get the field tilted a little bit and it that's when it could get away from you.
1: I'm right with you. And I think particularly the Steelers run offense too, they've gotten they've gotten better over the over the last three weeks or so. Roderick Jones told us about how the meetings that they've had uh with the running back room has helped them. You saw that's you know, just talking though just talking he's a, he's a, he's an oversized toddler according to Mike Tomlin uh but uh when you look at how at how they've improved they ran over 200 yards uh last week against the Packers not you know a team that that uh you know strikes fear into the heart of all rushing offenses but it's still a defense that they've gained that they've gained 200 yards. again. They, were, they weren't doing any, that against anybody. And I think it could be interesting if they can not maybe they, I don't see them putting up 200, but if they can run the ball efficiently against this Browns defense, it could be a very good sign for them moving forward. All that being said, Brian, give us your final score prediction and how you see it playing out. Yeah, I don't think the Browns are going to let them do that. I, I think they're going
0: to stack the box and they're going to say, look, if you think you can Penny's do this, beat us. if you think you can do this for the third game in a row against our defense stacking the box, Good luck to you. Yeah. They're going to make, they're going to make KP eight, make some throws, prove the accuracy is there, prove the, uh, you know, field reading progressions, decision-making is there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there will be enough of that to get a win. Uh, But I'm, I'm not going to – it's like predicting the Steelers to have a losing season. I can't predict the Steelers to win a game by more than one possession until I actually see it, Carter. Like, <laughs> I'll be late on it. That's fine. But <laughs> I'll probably be right a lot more until I'm wrong. So uh, I'm going to go Steelers 20, Browns 18 in, uh, in a field goal fest for the Kevin Stefanski crew. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe 18 won't be a good number if he gets aggressive in, in some short yardage knowing that uh, he, he doesn't really have – a lot to work with at quarterback, but we'll see. Two-point dub on the road in Cleveland.
1: Our friend Wes Euler brought up a good point to me after the last game when it was 23-19. He's like, every week when we're asked predictions, we give these 21-14s, 20-17s, and all these clean scores. They're never the clean scores. They're always the weird-looking, ugly ones. So I'm going to pick a weird-looking, ugly one, and I'm going to say 19-12 Steelers. Four field goals from the Browns. I don't know how the Steelers even get 19, but they're finding a way to get it. I'm right with you, though. It's a one-score game. Goes down to the wire. Dorian thompson robinson is going to have the ball in his hands with two minutes to go, and the Steelers defense is going to look immaculate late again for making a rookie quarterback look bad when the game is on the line. Who, who
0: gets the pick at the goal line this time? I mean, that's okay. the, that would be the question, I guess. All right. All right. Roll with me now. I I got, I got mine. Larry (laughs) Ogunjobi.
1: Michael Walker, baby. Let's go. I've got Larry
0: Larry (laughs) Ogunjobi with a batted pass to himself, pulling it down for the pick.
1: (laughs) That would be, that would be pure Steelers. Against his former team. mm, yeah. Right there. That would be pure Steelers football right there. Your defensive lineman getting a pick at the end of the game. He's Brian Batgo. I'm Chris Carter. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you for tuning in to the Friday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast. We've been here at Mike's Beer Bar. Make sure you're here at Mike's Beer Bar over the weekend. If you want to watch some of, the, some of the crazy action that will be going on in the NFL or maybe on Thursday Night Football, you, you were you were here in, in the first place anyways, watching some Ravens-Bengals. Either way, I'll be back on this this Saturday for the Akers for Fan Advantage talking with, with a Browns expert getting you ready for, the, for that game. And then Sunday, 1 p.m. in Cleveland is the big game. Paul ice, Adam Bittner will have you right after the game. We'll have our guys at the stadium breaking things down. And, of course, we'll have the Monday episode with myself and Rafe and Apato breaking down, things down even further. Thanks again for tuning into the North Shore Drive Podcast. We'll be back with you very soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.